This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to Capness HR Podcast. This is your host, Jason Capness. Our guest today is Jessica Light. Jessica, are you ready to be great today? Yes, sir. Jessica is co-founder of JJ Social Light, which is a premier social media service company that connects businesses to help them better connect with others. Jessica found this industry by accident, but has turned out to be the right one for her. Today, it's an, it is impossible to, find, to define with her without taking account her social media obsession. It's who she is. She loves working on, on and managing multiple websites, and she has gained a wealth of knowledge related to online marketing, search engine optimization, SEO techniques, social media strategies, website optimization, and so on. She wants to share all of her knowledge with us and help us, and help us to understand how to build websites and online businesses and how, to, and how to define our social media goals and to optimize and market our websites. First and foremost, she wants to help us, her fellow entrepreneurs, make their first step in, into the world of online business and help us guide us to help us be successful. That's where we get great goals, Jessica. We all appreciate that. Now, I, I know, I'm, I know I'm sure I'm going to let this stuff out, Jessica. Would you like to fill in the gaps for us and let us know what you're working on? Um, right now, my biggest project and thing that I'm trying to get out to, I guess, small and mid-sized businesses, because large companies get this, but the small and mid-sized businesses don't understand social media. They think in terms of ROI. So let's face it, we all, when we're starting our business, we're short on cash. We, yes. we really want to see what the, the money that we spend that we're going to get a return on. And I totally get that. I mean, if I put X amount of dollars out, what am I going to get that in return? People talk in terms of 4X, 5X, 10X, which I get. But what I'm really trying to educate the small mid-sized business uh, owner is on, instead of looking at social media as an ROR, ROI, look at it as an ROR. Ted Rubin kind of coined the phrase ROR, return on relationship. So when you're putting yourself, your brand and your business out there, you're not thinking of it as in terms of how much business you're going to give back, but you're thinking of how much relationships you're going to gain in return, so a return on relationship. And that isn't always measured in dollars. Yes. Let's measure, you know, how are you going to measure the human emotion? How are you going to measure brand loyalty? Or how are you going to measure that you have now explained to people what your market differentiator is? That you're, you know, an employee-centric company, that you put your employees first, or what your, what your, what it's like to work there and own your own company. How, how else are you going to put that out there? So I have a question for you, Jessica. As a startup, there's all these resources out there for you. How do you pick and choose the right one for you? I mean, it's like literally thousands of people out there trying to help, help you, all these resources. As a startup person or owner, how do you figure out what's the, what is the right one for you? You know, a, a lot of it is trial and error if you don't have someone helping you navigate your way through. Some of it is trial and error and, and things that are starting to work then you put fuel on the fire for that. For most, I'm pretty honest with my businesses. Some businesses, social media isn't going to be a huge expenditure. 
it's just going to be something that, that they can put their brand and culture out there. So when the salesperson, they get a referral or a salesperson tries to sell them, but that business or consumer looks them up, they have a good presence. But some companies, social media is going to be huge for them. A di- your digital presence is always important, but you have to decide how much and time you need to put into that if it's number one goal or a number four goal. Now, there's like Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all, we go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you pick the ones that correct? Because obviously you can't spend, you know, a great amount of time on all of them. You got to pick and choose, I would think. So how do you choose, choose which one's the best for you? Yeah, I always tell people start with Facebook. Almost all the demographics going to be that on there. That's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And then you go where your audience is. So if for you, you're an HR guy. So your companies probably are not on Snapchat. No. The demographic yeah. is 16 year olds. But if you're trying to go after millennials or the younger business owners, Instagram might be a great avenue for, for you to look at. Okay. So you really want to go where your customer is. Okay. So Jessica, talk to us about a time that you were successful in the past and what you learned from the success and what we can learn from that. Well, I thought about this question a lot because I don't, I don't know that I'm ever going to say, whoa, I'm a success now. <laughs> you know, like, yes. uh, like, oh, I finally am a success. But I was thinking back to the beginning of when I started my business. I, I really, I mean, I knew what I wanted to accomplish. I knew how I could help people, but getting those two variables together was really hard. And it was a lot of struggle, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of negative talk, a lot of like, what do you think you're doing? You know, why you can't do this. And it was a lot day to day that I had to, you know, grab some courage and make that call, get on that phone call, do what was uncomfortable for me. So I, one thing I always tell people, you should start being uncomfortable with comfort. Yeah, if you're feeling comfortable, then you should start getting uncomfortable because you should be really uncomfortable with that because you're being complacent and you're in anything in life and business, especially uh, I'm at a point where I'm taking it to the next level and I'm like, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I've, you know, yeah, I've that's got, a good thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now. So I think those are the big, more of the successful times when, People don't see that hard work. Mm-hmm. It's behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's seen the pictures of the iceberg, no success, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. The work <laughs> underneath, you know, everyone sees a sexy part of being an entrepreneur, you know, but they don't see the hard work and the late nights and all the grind you got to put into it. Yeah. They didn't see me at one in the morning. You know, <laughs> no, doing, no, yeah. I see that part. <laughs> Thank you. I think they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I'll talk about a time that you failed in the past and what you learned from this and what we can learn from this failure of yours in the past. Yeah. Another thing, I I thought about this too. So recently I lost one of my largest clients and I was super upset. I felt betrayed, like someone stole that client, this, that, and the other. What I took a step back, what I realized what I did and what what I didn't do is what I talked about at the beginning of this call, build a relationship. He was having some challenges and I had a solution for those challenges, but guess what? I hadn't kept up our phone calls, our meetings, so he didn't know I had a solution for those challenges and I didn't even know he had those challenges because I hadn't kept up communication. And so what I've learned is don't take for granted your customers, your clients. You still always have to earn their business and keep communication open and, you know, take those experiences when you lose those big 
big hits like that, like what what could you have changed in the future? So now I don't take for granted those clients that I hardly hear from and they pay for pay me every month. I'm still reaching out. I thought that was great. Oh, you're paying me every month and I don't ever have to <laughs> I must talk. be doing my job. Yeah, I must be doing my job great. But really, I, you know, they're only they're gonna stop paying me for a while because I'm not building a relationship with them. Yeah. That's good advice. I read somewhere that you have to invest as much time once you get the customer as you do as actually getting the first time because there's always someone out there trying to take them from you. So you got to, you know, like you said, keep on building that relationship. Yeah. So Jessica, go ahead. I was just saying people don't do business with companies. They do business with people. Yes, they do. Yes. So tell us how you add value and how to solve problems on your daily life. Uh, The biggest thing I try to do is understand not only the business of my clients. So I really try to understand the business, but I try to understand the business owner. So it's really understanding what makes them tick, how I can serve and help them, how I can add value to them. So I'm not selling them a marketing package. Now I may sell you a marketing package. It may be the same marketing package, but I wouldn't really know if I hadn't taken the time to understand you know, what your goals are. So if I'm selling you this $2,000 a month marketing package and those aren't your goals, you know, what good am I? How am I adding value to you? All I'm doing is draining your bank account and you're going to be frustrated at the end. Yeah, that's a very good point. Jessica, now tell us something about yourself that you know, maybe your family knows, close friends know, but most people don't know. Like something that would be like, I would never guess that about Jessica, like something that's off the wall that people don't know. I don't know if it'd be off the wall, but So I was actually a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. So I have four kids um, and I was stay-at-home mom. I had worked a little bit here and there, but Mm. that was kind of our thing that we wanted me to stay home. Mm. Um, The kids, you know, started getting older and I wanted to do something more. And like you said in the beginning, I fell into this by accident. But what what I felt, I feel like that I've done is I'm actually the ultimate consumer. I'm a mom. Who does the majority of purchases in America? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mom. mom. Yes, you're right. <laughs> mom. So I feel like that I've taken that knowledge. I'm the consumer and then married with my married with some of the no, the marketing knowledge. So so mm. I'm trying trying to stop thinking like a marketer and I try to think like a consumer. Okay. So when you when you um, stopped being a stay-at-home mom, did you try to go to the job market and get a job or did you just go straight and start and start your own business? I'm a horrible employee. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not uh, it, it want to get a job. I, I had a, actually someone approach and want to buy my business and then mm-hmm. I would come work for them. Yeah. It's just not how, how I made. Um, okay. Yeah. No. Like the flexibility and being in yeah. charge stuff. Okay. I like the flexibility. I like, you know, I'm making, I'm paving my own course. And so just as you know, there's like, you know, seems like there's millions of, you know, people that do what you do. How, how do you convince a potential customer that you're the right fit for them? I guess I don't try to convince them. I try to see if we, I try to see if we're a good fit for each other. So okay. I don't try to convince someone that I'm a good fit for them. I try to listen to them. I try to say what, what I can do for them. And we see for a good fit. So I, in a way, disqualify people. I don't. Okay. I've heard a lot of people, yeah. a lot of companies do, they disqualify the, the potential customer because they're not a good fit for them. They're not a good fit. I'm not a great, you know, there's lots. I, I'm, I'm, you know, contrary to what I would like to say, I'm not the only marketing guy and lady in town. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not the only person that does social media, mm-hmm. but you know, but I'm not for everyone. Okay. And that's, what's great about business. You know? So, you're based out of Atlanta. Are you just local? Do you do local business in Atlanta? Or are you nationwide or how do you find your customers? Uh, I'm nationwide, but I do a lot of local businesses because I really enjoy the 
face-to-face time, but I do do, I have business in California, Canada, Florida. I've gotten some digitally, some word of mouth. I do some networking groups, um, a lot of referrals. I tend to get a lot of, I have one, there's always the one. I had the one guy, I, I swear he should start my fan club. <laughs> you know, hey, great referral. He loves my work. I put a lot of effort into what I do for him. So I think if you can find that few people that, that are your ambassadors that, you know, sing your praises. Yeah. So that's always a good thing. Now do you focus on any certain type of business or size of business? I mostly do small to mid size. I don't do large corporations uh, because they usually have internal in-house yeah. marketing teams. Yeah. So small to mid size, you know, someone who has a marketing budget, I've, kind of created some smaller businesses uh, packages, some do-it-yourself packages mm-hmm. that can, they can get some quick wins till they can earn some more revenue that they can't afford someone to do some marketing for them. Okay. So Jess, we've, we've come to the end of the podcast. Do you have any other, well, first of all, let me backtrack. You also said you want to talk up to me about the, um, well, that was everyone has the ROI. They're yes, measuring yeah, ROI. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I kind of talked about that at the beginning that I just, I really want people to sit back and think. A lot of people think small, you know, social media isn't for me because I don't want to sell a product or service or nobody's going to look on Facebook for um, an HR company or whatever. But think out of the box. Think about how you can build relationships and what is the best way to build a relationship right now digitally. It's, it's going to be on your website and social media. And so, so, so stop thinking in a little box. I think a lot of business owners yeah, think of the, R, right. the ROR and the little box. I have to do A, B, C, and D. And those are important because we all need process and we all need structure. But just because everybody else did it one way doesn't mean you have to do it the same. And doesn't mean that a lot of business owners will say, well, my competition, they're not on social well, awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, you you know that's, yeah, right? that's an advantage for you. That's a huge advantage for you. So how can you, you know, put yourself in a position that you're, you know, ahead of the pack right there? So just because everybody else, you know, you're not seven, just because everyone else is, <laughs> you know, so think out of the box. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. So I've always heard, and is this true that you need to have like at least like 18 or 20 touch points for a customer actually purchases your product? Have you found that to be true? Yeah, absolutely. So I always say five to 20 because really it depends on the product and service. And so, you know, even if you're not putting a big push on social or your website, but those all add to the touch points. So even if you have a sales guy, I hear this a lot. Well, I have a sales guy. Well, okay, when the sales guy comes, what do you think they're going to do when that sales guy walks out of your office? They're probably going to look you up. Exactly. They're probably going to see you on social. So start adding to those touch points. So think about 15 to 20. How, what can you do to add, to make those touch points more than just the sales guy or the email that you're sending? Yeah. yeah most people, people don't realize a touch point is like, like somebody tell you, this, even go on your Facebook, go on your Facebook, go on link, you know, LinkedIn, it can be that. Mm-hmm. Some people would think it's like, you know, face-to-face contact, but it's anything, correct? It's anything. It's anything. And they all start building your brand and they all start building trust and value. So just kind of think of it like a value ladder in a way. You know, your your customer or client comes in at some position at the bottom of the ladder. So how can you build value as they as they kind of continue the touch points through their business. Okay. And Jessica, what's your philosophy on email campaigns? You know, where you get a mass email list and you email blast like you know, we'll say a thousand people. What's your philosophy on that? Do you think that works or is it a waste of time or in between? 
It's in between. It depends on the industry, but I, I had an interesting conversation. So in my business, I tend to get, I don't know, five to 15 emails a week, people that want me to outsource my web design work to them. And they're all stock. Hey, this is what they do that drives me crazy. Hey, JJ Socialite, you know, we can do X for you. They, I don't know who they are. They yeah. didn't take the, the two minutes it would have took to go on my website and figure out my name is Jessica. Mm-hmm. It's on the website. So uh, recently I had a guy that emailed me, told me a little bit about my business, emailed me personally, said a little bit about his business, suggested that we meet at a coffee house Within a mile of my house, he picked two coffee houses and said, hey, let's just grab coffee on me. He took the time to take an extra five minutes to, to personalize that email. And guess what his, his, not his open rate, what his response rate is? 40%. Yes, like unheard of, isn't it? Unheard, unheard of. Because he's taken that extra couple of minutes to, not, to personalize the email, make you feel like a person, not a stock email. So I have a friend, uh, he owns a, he is a leadership consultant, but his consultancy is called Full Sound LLC. Well, he got an email like a month ago from the guy and said, we want to repair your speakers for you. Thinking Full Sound is like a speaker store, but he's like a leadership. Yeah. Not even, even making an attempt, you know, like. Yeah. And it's a waste. It's a waste of my time for even looking at the email. It's a waste of your time for sending the email. And, you know, it can't, email campaigns aren't cheap. They take a while to set up and automations. And, you know, why waste your time? So, so this specific gentleman says he doesn't send out 100 emails a week. He sends out 10 to 15. But he gets a 40, you know, and I think his close rate is like 25%. And that's, that's great. Yeah. Do so, I mean, you, you know, do the minimum effort, send like, you know, 1,000 a week, or do you take some time and effort and, you know, like you said, the smaller uh, output, but greater input, you know. For me personally, because of my niche, it's the smaller output. Now, if you're a brand who's selling a product or a service, there's tons of abandoned cart sequences and so on. That, you know, you definitely can do more ass- mass kind of email. So it really depends on your niche. But just think about how you're sending. If you got that email, would you open it? And, and what about the email would even make you want to open it, you know? Yeah, what about it? You know, just think of the business owner that gets, um, I have one client who just opened up another email account once for all the crap he gets that his secretary looks at <laughs> and once from the people that actually he wants to hear from, you know. Luckily, I'm on that people he wants to hear from list. But That's, that's good for uh, you. Yeah, so think about that. That's pr- what most people are, you know, waiting through 100 emails. I'm just looking at my phone on the side of my laptop here and it's ding 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 with yeah. the emails just as we're talking you know yeah now when you, when you do send emails out how, how often should you recent email like suppose you send one out no answer send another one no answer like how often when should you stop sending emails once you don't get a reply i think it really depends on the niche but and it could be a few days um up to a week but after they've gone through a certain sequence let's just say you've asked them for three asks you you would put them in kind of a 30-day hold pattern and then maybe try to re-engage but you know maybe the timing isn't right for everyone but down the road the timing may be right i mean they could be on vacation during that time period i mean you really don't know they could be on vacation or you know maybe you're a mechanic and their car's not broke down well right now both i have two cars that are broke down you know so if i got an email (laughs) from a mechanic i'd probably open it so (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes it's just timing too okay so jesse we're about to close out uh any last words of wisdom or knowledge you'd like to pass on to our listeners work if there can be one thing is work on building relationships with your clients or your customers because if you don't have that you're just 
you're just another brand, you're just another company that they might buy as an impulse buy one time, but you're never going to have loyalty. Okay. And can you uh, provide us your, any like social media links you want us to get, get in contact with like your Facebook, Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, <laughs> all of them. Everything. Under, yeah, everything under JJ Social Light, L-I-G-H-T. Okay, and for our listeners, when, I, when, you, when you do the show notes, the show notes will have all the links to, her, to Jessica's, all her social media and all other links to her business, just to let you know. The show notes are going to be at www.cabinetshr.com. So Jessica, thank you very much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all your great advice and all the value added. All right, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, to listeners, thank you for giving us our time. Really, really appreciate it. And remember to be great every day. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again and be great every day.